This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and lasts longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Holy cow, do we have a show for you guys this week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. On this week's episode of Headlock Talk, we've got the B-Block for Fantasy Warfare 2019. We have a whole bunch of news to cover. And, of course, a small little TLC preview. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. Steven bringing the snaps, literally. Good goodness. Look, look at all those snaps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And, of course, uh, across the table from me, the snapping machine, my right-hand man, the one and the only... Mr. Stephen Grudy. Well, howdy. It's been a long time since uh, I've gotten an extra little bit in my intro. I really like that. <laughs> the snapping machine. It's good. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna go with like the snapping tornado, but like that one's cool too. Yeah. Snapping tortoise. The snapping tortoise. That's <laughs> like or no, it's a like snapping s- turtle. Sorry. Slow snap. So it's like a. There it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Goodness, guys. Yeah, what a show we have planned for you. Uh, Once again, we have the continuation of the Fantasy Warfare 2019 uh, tournament here. We're going to be covering B-Block today. And, of course, the stakes are super-duper high. Indeed. Um, You know, this is, again, our tournament to decide the best in the world in the year 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, 
I do want to make quick note here, a, a, a big shout out, big, big shout out uh, on, uh, for our, one of our uh, followers and friends uh, on Twitter, uh, at Black underscore Baymax 8. Uh, they were so awesome in setting this up with some brilliant artwork for this week's episode. Uh, you should be able to see it if you are listening on Podbean or uh, Stitcher or uh, Spotify, wherever. Um, you got you got the the David Starr Seth Rollins poster here, yes, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. So thank you, Black Baymax, uh, for uh, for hooking us up with this uh, awesome artwork for this week. Uh, you definitely need to go follow him on Twitter if you want any kind of uh, graphics or anything like that. He does amazing work, so definitely uh, hit up Black Baymax for all of your your graphic arts needs. Uh, as far as wrestling is concerned, or, or anything else for that matter, I'm sure I'm sure they would love to do that for you. Indeed. Um, but yeah, no, we have um, some crazy, crazy matches here. So um, make sure to stick around later on in, in today's episode. Here uh, we've got uh, the Fiend taking on Kofi Kingston. Yes. Uh, Kota Ibushi taking on Kazuchika Okada. Darn. Not Kofi Kingston. Did I say? Did I catch? Did I say Kofi Kingston? Yeah. Well, okay, so Kofi Kingston versus Bray Wyatt. Uh-huh. I got confused. No, you're good. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Kazushiko Okada. Yes. I nailed it that time, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Bandito taking on Adam Cole. And uh, again, in the main event uh, for today's episode, David Starr taking on Seth Rollins. Crazy. It's packed, man. It's it's This is a packed tournament. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, without further ado, I think we need to move along to uh, the news of the week, Stephen. The the news of the week. I nice. I like that. That was like I'll... my little like CNN thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that sound effect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't call it the big news of the week because all of this news here coming out is big news. Indeed. Um, to to kind of kick things off here. Uh, WWE released uh, a, a lot of different talents here. Um, chief among those, I would say, would probably be Luke Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got released as uh, as well as Sin Cara, and uh, more surprisingly, the Ascension. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen the Ascension around in a while, but that that one kind of came out of the blue. I think a little bit here, a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Um, Sin Cara has you know been pretty vocal about his displeasure in the company and i think it's um yeah we even covered it a few weeks ago right it's no i don't think it's it's any wonder about luke harper's status either Mm -hmm. um i mean steven what do you make of these kind of uh these releases here i mean i don't know i mean we we've talked before and i and i've said before that wwe really needs to keep a hold of their talent right now um, just because, you know, a lot of people are looking to jump ship uh, to maybe go to, you know, New Japan or AEW. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sin Cara and Luke Harper, I mean, and the Ascension for that matter, they really just aren't used too much, you know? And mm-hmm. so I can understand why they would want to be released. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like uh, feel like WWE's kind of dropping the ball on some of these. Like, I, I know we've talked uh, before about how, like, the roster of of WWE backstage is just bloated as hell, and they have mm. uh, you know crazy amounts of talent and everything like that, um, which you know I still agree with. But now they have NXT as propped up as the third brand. You know, if if some of these guys are really wanting really wanting to leave, uh, obviously props to WWE for for letting them. 
But I do think that WWE would benefit from possibly sitting down with these guys and being like, okay, so you're not happy. What else can we do? do would you like to go to NXT? Uh, you know, something like that. Well, I think that's something that um, uh, only Lorkin in particular. Um, it was reported by Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling Observer. Uh, Oni Lorkin, he's going to be signing a new deal after, I think he, he just briefly got released, right? Like, like his contract expired. And now he's back at the table negotiating a new deal. Um, I mean, look, they'll probably throw the book at him. <laughs> they'll probably give him a lot of money. They'll probably ask him, you know, where, where he wants to go, where he wants to be. Uh, Oni Lorkin is a great guy to have on the, um, uh, the the NXT side of things, I think, right? Uh, very, very talented. He could be, you know, in contention for the tag team titles with Danny Burch. Uh, they could go to NXT UK, uh, compete there. He could be competing for the cruiserweight title. He could be competing for the North American title. He, I mean, I mean, look, he could probably even go for the NXT title itself. He's a very, very talented guy, um, and. Uh, uh, definitely very popular on the internet too. I, I find his tweets to be funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, lots of interesting things going on in and around uh, the WWE right now. Um, as far as signings goes, John Morrison mm-hmm. officially has re-sign- uh, re-signed with WWE. Uh, so um, his is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm not really quite sure where they'll put him. Right, right. I think a lot of people think about NXT when they think John Morrison. But I, I, I really don't know how or where he fits into NXT. I think he'd probably be a better fit on SmackDown, personally. Mm-hmm. I think they need him more. What, what do you think, Steven? I mean, yeah, with, with how WWE's uh, been booking a lot of these guys, I mean, a lot of their... I don't know. You don't want to necessarily just typecast a wrestler uh, into a into a position or into a storyline that they're not that that didn't come about organically, mm. you know. Um, so I'm really not sure where they would put him, just because a lot of the 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 kind of typecast spots that he would be put in is kind of full right now, and there's a lot of things going on in WWE, and so obviously John Morrison, he's a big name. Everyone's been waiting for this, but like you said, where where does he go? Where, where, where does he fit in? Where would it make sense to have him? You know, because he's, mm. he's going to have to be somewhere. He can't just be a backstage talent that, that comes out and saves someone from being beat up. You know, like he's got to be a big guy or, or at least, you know, in the in the big picture. But where is that? Well, and he's somebody that fans remember, somebody that's got some, some, some name weight to him. I would expect for him, with the kind of deal that they've arranged here, I would expect for him to have a pretty good position somewhere. And that's kind of why SmackDown comes up here. Is that SmackDown seems like they need a lot more star power mm-hmm. as of right now uh, than anything else. And that's weird to say because, I mean, you've got Roman Reigns, you've got Daniel Bryan, you've got uh, Bray Wyatt, the, the Fiend. Um, but, I mean, past that, I mean, look, you've got then you, you, you go through, like, the Baron Corbins and the Dolph Zigglers and the... You know that kind of thing, uh, the Miz. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, this is a SmackDown's in a very interesting spot. I think that they could use a little bit extra oomph as far as uh, star power goes. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. I think that'd probably be the best spot for him, at least for now. 
and then maybe with the the superstar shakeup or something really get him solidified in a in a spot that he can be in for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, more potential news here. Bandito's contract is soon coming to an end with Ring of Honor. Yes. Now, Bandito, who we'll see later on in the episode here, taking on Adam Cole in Fantasy Warfare 2019. Um, Bandito, he's he's got some dates coming up for CMLL in Mexico, so that's pretty cool. I would I would say um, his is an interesting case, though. I I don't see Ring of Honor being the answer. He only signed a, a deal for I think. I think it was maybe a year, maybe two years when he first signed up with with Ring of Honor. I think it was a year. Yeah. A year. That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that was the right amount of time considering you know AEW and WWE having this this war, you know, the Wednesday Night War. I mean, Stephen, does 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 one of these destinations jump right out to you here? Like like where 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 does Bandito go, man? I mean, let's not discount New Japan either. New Japan would be an interesting spot too. Yeah, no, I mean, I was even going to say um for for me with Bandito and the style of wrestling that he has, I think either New Japan or AEW would definitely be the way to go. Um I'm I'm really not sure. I mean, Bandito's one of those talents where he can you know, he has obviously that high-flying lucha style to him, but he also has a lot of the the big like power moves and things like that which would and the strong style type stuff which would fit very very well in new japan so i mean it's one of those two i think is going to be the best spot for him um right now i would love to see him in aew but that's just an aew super fan in me uh (laughs) wanting them to have all the great wrestlers um, but, <laughs> but just, just, I just wanted them all. They're just like a toy box full of great wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, uh, I don't want to see them in WWE because they're not going to use them. That, that's just, I mean, they, Oh, I mean, WWE likes to type. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, WWE likes to, likes to typecast and they just released Sin Cara. Yeah. So why would they get Bandito? That, I mean, that's just my thinking on it. Um, but I mean, if he's in AEW, that'd be fantastic. If he's in New Japan, that'd be fantastic. Both both of those promotions are getting crazy amounts of exposure right now. Mm. And with Bandito being a really big rising star, one of those two places would would be the best place for him. Um, so I'm not sure. Either one of those mm. I'd be cool with, and either one of those I think is where he should go. I, I think the um, I, I think a lot about this. <laughs> um, there, there's so many points that, that you can is, that are interesting that you can touch on. I think you're right as far as WWE is concerned. I think even if he did sign for WWE, he would be like, I think he would definitely go to NXT first. Oh yeah, right? yeah. He's not gonna just come up and, and he's like, I'm on Raw now, and yeah. it's like you know. I mean, we understand <laughs> how how fantastic Bandito is, right? But but for someone to just be signed and bam, he's on Raw. You need to, and nothing against Bandito, right? But you need a little bit more star power for for a reveal like that, in my opinion. Right, right. Well, and uh, I mean, that's what I was just about to get to, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. Because I'm, 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 we're gonna give you an update on my AEW rant from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things that AEW could really use is an opportunity to give you a lead-in video package to somebody 
that's going to come across as very, very important. Now, Bandito could very well be that guy. I, I was uh, when I when I was thinking about this earlier today, I had this kind of vision of it being like, you know, like you hear like some some like traditional Mexican music kind of playing, and this like this camera just pans across. And you see, like, you know, like, and it's just, like, all black, but you see, like, the camera panning, and it's got two crossed pistols, two crossed revolver pistols, and then the Bandito mask just falls right over the pistols, and then, you know, it, it just says, coming soon, and then pow, pow, and then it kind of cuts to black and goes to the next thing. And you could just be, you like, JR or somebody could be like, Holy cow! What what was that all about? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they kind of like, you know, Excalibur. I, I don't know. This is kind of crazy. It, I mean, I don't know who it, it could be. Who I think it is, and they just go about their merry way. But then you could just do that week over week and maybe add it, maybe maybe make it a little bit more elaborate. And this these kind of things show maybe video packages of him doing moves or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I do think that the CMLL dates that he's signed up for are very telling because CMLL does have their deal with New Japan. And I think after his showing at the Best of the Super Juniors, I think that uh, I think they're pretty high on him. I think any, you'd be crazy not to be high on Bandito. Right. Um, so I don't know, man. Very, very interesting, though. Yeah. Um, especially with Wrestle Kingdom coming up. Uh, that could be a big reveal for for New Japan, and and he'd be a he'd definitely be somebody who would be a threat in the junior division for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely could be a big rival for for Will Ospreay, I think. So, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh. they've had wonderful matches. Yeah, yeah, wonderful matches. Will Ospreay and Bandito, I think. But yeah, um, let's kind of round out this uh, uh, the, the 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 signing news and unsigning and all this this and that, you know. Yeah. Um, ACH once again got on Twitter. Oh boy. And he was like, I hate wrestling. I hate wrestling fans. I quit wrestling. He only had a couple, I think maybe one, maybe two shows that he did after he left WWE. And now he seems to be saying that he wants to quit wrestling altogether. Um, Steven, do you, I mean, do you, can you make any sense of this? I mean, do you think it's a work? Do you think he's being serious? I mean, what, what what do you make of this, man? Um, I'm I'm really not sure, man. I I do think he's being serious. Uh, it, he comes off as very genuine uh, to me about this topic. Um, whether you know hostility aside, anger aside, he he does sound very genuine. Um, I, I'm really not sure. I, I've seen a lot of people talking online about how he's like. It, it almost seems like he's having like a breakdown. Yeah, and, and uh. I don't know ACH personally, and I don't know what's going on in his life, so I don't want to assume that that is what's going on. I will say, um, if that is what's going on, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's kind of the the evidence or, or the things he's been saying recently kind of allude to, to that. Hmm. Um, I, I really don't know, man. And what's interesting about it is right as this was happening with uh you know him going on twitter and just like putting wwe and triple h on blast and, and just saying they're they're racist and everything like that mm. and don't call me jordan miles my name is ach uh which, which is what he wrestled under in the indie scenes right um that kind of 
leads me to believe that he doesn't hate wrestling and, and that he wants to go back to the indie scene where he had a little bit more control over his persona and a little bit more control over who he is. But then he goes on Twitter and says, I hate wrestling. I hate wrestling fans. I quit. Yeah. And, and that just kind of confuses and, and, yeah. me. And that's that's just uh, it's not completely verbatim. He went on a, a bit of a diatribe, it seemed. But that's you know that's the short and sweet version of it. Right, right. And, and so that just kind of makes me think, what what else happened? Mm. You know, because mm. it, it seemed like he he was dead set on going back to the indies mm. and, and still continuing to wrestle. But then he comes out and says, "Screw all of that." Yeah, and so I wonder what if there is something extra that happened that made him kind of go over the edge and really just be like, "I'm I'm quitting," or if it is just him, you know, still being very upset about his fallout with WWE. Well, and I mean, in the social media age, anybody could hit him up on Twitter or whatever, and you put him down or you know whatever. I mean, if he's uh, particularly sensitive to that kind of thing. I mean, if I was him, I would, I would stay off of Twitter for a while. Maybe just sit at home, count your money for a little bit, hang out, live life a little bit, and then when you're ready to go back to WWE, go back or not go back to WWE, but go back to the Indies, go back to wrestling, do do something, right? right. But give yourself a break because. Just getting on your horse and riding again, you know, that's not always the best idea, right? Yeah, you know, especially after such a such a falling out that <laughs> and everything that happened with that, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel for the dude, though. At the same time, it's like I feel like there's clearly an issue mm-hmm. and under a deep underlying issue that has yet to be resolved internally in him. And and really, only he can help himself right. at this point. Um, I, I I wish him and hope him all the best because he's an amazing wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I hope he gets well. I I hope he finds something to to give him happiness. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, I I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I, I like ACH. He, he's a great wrestler. Um, I, I'm. It's very unfortunate that that he went through this, and, and that, or I guess that he's still going through this, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, felt the need to to leave WWE, potentially quit wrestling. It, it sucks that he's feeling that way, and mm-hmm. I hope he gets better, and I hope he stops, uh, you know, being being so down. You know, yeah, uh, I, I really want him to get better. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I just don't know, kind of what's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, all the best, though. Yeah, all the best for sure. Um, a little bit of uh, an update. Um, I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet because <laughs> la- last week I kind of went on a whole thing about AEW and kind of how they just like they drop some things in your lap on the TV uh, as far as like, okay, well, this is going on now, but then you have to also keep track of what's going on on the internet and what they're posting on YouTube and that yeah. kind of thing. In in one sentence, Dynamite is too meta. It's very meta. It's very internet indulgent. Yeah. It's very, you know, you have to keep up with all of their stuff on all their different platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a wrestling fan, I feel as though it's best if you present everything on there on the television in front of me at the time that it takes place. Agreed. That way, I don't have to do the extra work. Right. Yes. Like you know, I'm supposed to. My job as the as the fan, as the commentator, as as the podcaster, 
is to sit and enjoy your product, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's nice that 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 I have. We have. We all have AEW After Dark to watch. Kind of gives you a warm up on Tuesdays before you know Dynamite and NXT, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but AEW Dark. Um, I mean, that gives you a little bit of stuff, but like you have to follow other things, like there's being the elite, and now Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle have being the Inner Circle. Right. Um, now we we have another development where, uh, you know, MJF shot a video saying that he was responsible for bringing in the Blade and the Butcher. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's hired these mercenaries to take out Cody. Uh, you know, so I mean. Yeah, it, it is very meta, as you put it. Um, I I would like to see some some better growth, I guess, on that part. Um, I still like watching AEW. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but um, with that said, uh, that's just my two cents here. I mean, uh, the, that's the development of where uh, this Blade and Butcher thing is going. Uh, we'll be seeing them feud with Cody for a little bit. I, I guess they're they're giving Cody a lot of blockades between him and uh, MJF. Right, right. Trying to build that story so they can get a big payoff. There is still a lot of time probably between now and their next show. Mm-hmm. So I can see the I can see their point of view there. But yeah, it, I mean, just just giving me giving you guys my piece of the deal here. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree for sure. Um, you know, like, like you said, our jobs as podcasters is to consume the product and, and talk about it. And, and so that's what we're doing here. Uh, just kind of calling out things that, you know, can, can be better or, or things that we're not particularly fond of. Or praise things that deserve praise. Yeah. I mean, of wrong. course. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're not here to be always critical. Yeah, no, of course. Um, but but that being said, you know, obviously we're both very big AEW fans, but I think it's only fair that we do call out what we don't like. And, and that is one thing that I do not like, is that, um, y- you know, I-, I see it from both sides. I just subscribe mm-hmm. to one side. But mm-hmm. basically, they're, they're giving you more. And that's cool. Mm. They're they're giving you more content to consume, more backstory to have, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And that's awesome. If you're if you're just diehard AEW, it's probably great for you because you get you know way more AEW. But that's not all I watch. You know, I I, right. wa- I watch everything. Right. And so I only have so much time in the day. Well, and that's one of WWE's biggest and more recent criticisms probably over the last few years is they're giving too much content. Like, you know, Survivor Series is now five hours long. Royal Rumble is now five hours long. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania, what was it, last year's WrestleMania? Was it like 90 hours or something? Yeah, it was like two (laughs) days. Um, um, That was like an eight-hour WrestleMania. Now, with that said, Wrestle Kingdom this year is going to be two days, right? Two days worth of Wrestle Kingdom. But each show is probably going to be like maybe three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of two days, that's very digestible. Mm-hmm. Whereas WrestleMania, uh, I mean, look, you gave me eight straight hours of WrestleMania. Yeah. And like... Yeah. <laughs> well, then you... you yeah. The, see, the no, another problem with that too is that of those eight hours one of the matches was Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, which 
yawn. That match was garbage. You know, so it's just like... And that was the opener. And that was the opener. Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, an eight-hour show all straight is a little too much, right? But if you filled it with just insane matches, it, I would be a little bit more inclined to to watch the whole thing and, and not complain about how long it is. But when you put matches like that as part of the as part of the opener for for this eight hour long epic mm-hmm. it's just ugh. well and that's why i'm really <laughs> excited i'm really excited myself but i'm really excited for you because when we when we sit down and we watch this these wrestle kingdom shows this this just in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. um it's gonna be awesome um and uh, uh you know I, I think that uh everybody out there who's not a, a new japan fan uh, or who hasn't seen any New Japan, I definitely recommend it to you. New Japan World, sign up. It's only nine bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. It's well worth your money for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of New Japan, we've got some breaking news here, Stephen. Breaking news. <laughs> exactly. Um, a certain special somebody made their surprise return to New Japan today uh, at the uh, World Tag League Finals. I don't know who this is, uh, just to put that out there. This is going to be a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, this is breaking news here. Uh, after uh, the uh, the Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki match, John Moxley made his way down to the ring and gave Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki the Death Rider DDT, and he's calling out Lance Archer for a Texas death match. At Wrestle Kingdom 14 for the North American Championship. Or, oh shit! Yeah, the, the U.S. Championship. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy development here. Yes. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so I'm I'm very excited to see that relationship continue. I thought after he couldn't make it uh, out to Japan after I think there was like uh, some storms uh, that uh, prevented uh, some of the talent from making those shows. Uh, and Moxley had to uh, relinquish the title. Mm. Very un- unfortunate, very upset that uh, he couldn't defend his title properly, uh, which led to Lance Archer winning it, of course. Um, but uh, this, <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that, that's a big payout uh, for that as well. I mean, I love John Moxley. Obviously, he's one of my favorite wrestlers mm. in the last you know few years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I loved him in in New Japan. Yeah, it, it, he had an amazing, amazing series of matches in the mm-hmm. G One, mm-hmm. and uh, he works very, very well in New Japan. Yes, and, and it was very up in the air on whether he would be back, if if and when he yeah. would be back. Uh, so that that makes me really happy. I, I'm really happy too. Yeah. I'm really happy, and I hope this becomes a regular thing for him. Whether or not he'll actually win at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. I uh, I would say signs almost certainly point to no. Right, right. But I could certainly be wrong, and he could win the title back, and you know, uh, maybe they have other plans. Maybe they'll keep using him. Yeah. They don't. They don't do these weekly kind of shows like what uh, um, uh, AEW and uh, WWE do. So, you know, I mean, if spaced out properly and everything, I think it could work. Yeah, I think. Uh- uh, Archer is a fantastic pairing with Moxley as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very good match. I think it will be too. And since mm-hmm. it's going to be a Texas death match, then it's going to be fantastic. Yep. Um, now, we also, uh, Chris Jericho uh, also made an appearance. 
He'll be taking on uh, Tanahashi oh, at snap. Wrestle Kingdom 14 um, on, on one of the two days. It's, it, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 this year takes place over January 4th and January 5th. So I'm quite excited. Uh, the whole show is built around uh, four men, you know, uh, Kota Ibushi, Kazushi Okada. These two men will face off in Fantasy Warfare later on in this episode. And then also uh, Tetsuya Naito and Jay White, um, uh, they will be facing off for the Intercontinental title while Okada and Ibushi will be facing off for the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Now here's the catch. The, The two losers of those matches will face each other the following night, and the two winners of those matches will each put their uh, respective titles on the line for a winner-takes-all match uh, on January the 5th. So, big, big event, big implications. Wrestle Kingdom 14 is going to be nuts. It's going to be probably (laughs) one of the best events of the whole entire year. It always is. It's their version of WrestleMania. I'm very, very excited for it. Oh, yeah. So, if you if you haven't done so already, definitely make sure to subscribe to New Japan World and make sure to catch those out on January 4th and January 5th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With all of that said, uh, it's time for a little bit of something different here. Uh, TLC, WWE TLC, is um, a week from today, Stephen. Indeed. Now, um, I'll be honest. Uh, this trend where they keep, you know... Um, only putting out a little bit of matches or, or leaving some announcements late. It's getting kind of worrisome. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a bit conservative as a wrestling fan. I don't know. But I like to kind of know my matches ahead of time here. So I guess without further ado, we'll take a look at this TLC card here. Um, now, this will probably be taken down by the time that you guys actually uh, listen to this episode. Uh, but at, as of this current time, if you look at the mobile version of Wikipedia's page for TLC, it does have CM Punk versus Seth Rollins randomly listed there. Um, if you go to the computer version, it says CM Punk versus Seth Rollins joke. Um, so, uh, no, this is not a match set for TLC. Um <laughs> No. I, I I'm very confused. It is um, very funny though. So it freaks Steven out. Yeah, it did. <laughs> There's like no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there are some matches on here that are uh, somewhat intriguing. Here, I mean, you've got the New Day versus the Revival in a tag team match for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, you have Roman Reigns versus uh, King Corbin in a TLC match. Cool. Um, there was a uh, continuation of their uh, feud on SmackDown this week where I believe Roman was handcuffed to the post while Dolph Ziggler and uh, King Corbin dumped wet dog food all over Roman Reigns and smeared it all over his face and everything. Oh, I get it because he's the big dog. He's the big dog. Badoom. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> For what it's worth, that's funny, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. It's it's something. Um, what exactly they'll be fighting for? I mean, I don't know. Um, again, maybe I'm a bit conservative as a wrestling fan compared to some others. But uh, last I checked, typically in a TLC match, they have something that is hanging above the ring. Um, 
I guess maybe they'll just go with the alternative pinfall or submission angle to this TLC match. Maybe they'll hang a can of wet dog food. Perhaps so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, here's some some dog chow. Yeah, or King Corbin's crown. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Um, we will have Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. This seems to be one of the better developments on Raw recently. Uh, I expect a very good, very hard-hitting match between these two. Indeed. I hope this feud continues past TLC. Uh, but with WWE, I never know because I, I, everything's up in the air. Yeah, it yeah. always makes me so tired. <laughs> um, also, I think we were originally supposed to see some kind of new revealing of Daniel Bryan uh, after Bray Wyatt took a big clump of Daniel Bryan's hair, mm-hmm. or the Fiend did rather. We yeah, didn't get to see. Yeah, we didn't get to see. Um, Daniel Bryan this week at all. Instead, we got some angles where, like, I guess it was Bray Wyatt was threatening and terrifying the Miz and his family. And so instead, we'll get the Mr. Rogers version of Bray Wyatt taking on the Miz. And they've made a clear distinction here. Um, I don't think that they're... What's the best way of describing this here? Because it is a bit of an interesting concept here. Um, I don't know if they are putting the title on the line or not, simply because I don't know if they're trying to designate that the Fiend is the champion, but Bray Wyatt isn't. That makes sense to me. But yeah, I mean, there's no clarification as to whether or not this is a title match. I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely not. It is a bit different. Um, The Miz versus Bray Wyatt should be... Interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, but, yeah, these are the only four matches named here. Um, there are other angles at play, um, but they only have two more shows to really kind of uh, get us filled in on what's going to happen at the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the this uh, Aleister Black-Buddy Murphy match, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, it should be uh, really good. Yeah, that one should be really good. Um, one thing that, and I know we only have four matches on this card, so we can't really say for sure yet, but... It seems to be following the same uh, kind of thing that WWE's been doing with these like crazy uh, pay-per-views like TLC, where... Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, yeah. Um, three of these matches are normal matches. Yeah. And I complained about this last year, at last year's TLC. And if you're going to have a TLC show, like the vast majority of the matches need to be either table matches or ladder matches, or TLC matches, or something. Like, mm. it. why call it TLC if mm. you're just going to put one TLC match in it and then everything else is a singles match? Mm. Like, I remember back when I was watching uh, Raw, like, when I, was a, when I was a child, you could get a TLC match just on Raw, you know, mm. just, like, craziness. And now they made it a, a huge spectacle, making it a, a, a pay-per-view. And if you're going to make it a pay-per-view and call it that you got to have a bunch of those matches. Like, if you're not going to, call it something else. It doesn't make any sense. 
Whatever. Well, yeah, and I think um, uh, Josh Robinson, our friend Josh, um, he uh, he kind of uh, made a post about that on Twitter himself. Again, you can find him at Josh Robinson Zero Zero on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, he kind of made a, a similar kind of remark, saying like how he missed how there was, you know, that you would have multiple get different gimmick matches. Um, uh, to that extent, whether it be kind of like what you said, tables matches, ladder matches. Um, he even brought up a chairs match. Um, yeah, didn't they have that at WrestleMania <laughs> last year? Oh, it was uh, Randy Orton and uh, who did he fight? I can't remember. Uh, well, the last WrestleMania was AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Yeah, was it a chairs match? I remember no, that. Well, no. didn't they have like 40 chairs like outside the ring? I don't know. What? I don't remember. I'm like 95 percent sure here. I don't remember anything like that. All right, keep it going. I'll look it up. I mean, it was an eight-hour-long show, so I don't remember much of that show in general. <laughs> um, but um, with that said, I mean, I don't even really know what a chairs match is. To be honest with you, it's just, it's yeah. just like a no disqualification match. Like that's that's what it comes down to. But Josh's overarching point and your overarching point, I think, uh, res- resonates with a lot of people here. Yes, I mean, this is. You know, uh, this is being advertised as WWE letting things go wild, and it's going to be this and that and the other, and they're playing Christmas jingle music like in the background of the the, the pay per view lead up like commercial. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Oh, the other one was Extreme Rules. Extreme uh, that's the Rules other one. match, Just yeah. like five singles matches on the card. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Also, um, I was wrong. It was a singles match. Yes. Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. But there were chairs, damn it. I, I know that. There's probably some chairs at the show. In fact, there's probably like <sighs> you know 100,000 I mean. chairs You know what show. I mean, Tanner. <laughs> God, uh, damn, trying to bury me live on air. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, you would expect more kind of gimmicky kind of things in a show called Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Correct. Yeah. Um, but uh, we still have uh, one episode of Raw, one episode of SmackDown for the WWE to prove us wrong. So will they do it? Probably not. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Find out next time. <laughs> Indeed. Find out next time, Stephen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got more important matters to tend to here, you guys. We've been putting it over. Um. You know, all this week, uh, we're about to to go at it again. But I've got one more thing, just one more thing I'd like to talk about real quick here. Let's do it. Uh, December eighteenth is leading up to being a big night for wrestling television, uh, for both AEW and NXT. Um, so, uh, in the spirit of trying to figure out what's going on, we're gonna play a little bit of a. A little bit of a, what are the odds? Boy, See, I was waiting for the, the sound effect this time. It didn't catch me off guard. <laughs> um, big development this week on NXT TV. We had uh, Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, and Kyle O'Reilly uh, taking on Keith Lee, um, Tommaso Ciampa, and Dominic Dijakovic. Now... Um, over the course of the match, Finn Balor interferes, and Keith Lee unleashes his monstrous self uh, on fo- both Finn Balor and Adam Cole, and pins Adam Cole. Crazy stuff. That's big, yeah. 
Um, after the match, William Regal announced a uh, number one contenders match for next week. The winner will take on Adam Cole at the December 18th edition of NXT. Uh, it will be Tommaso Ciampa versus Keith Lee versus Finn Balor. Uh, so, Stephen, what are the odds here for each of these three men mm. for winning this match? What are the odds? Yeah, I mean, all three of these guys deserve it, for sure. Uh, all three of these guys could definitely... Uh, I mean, honestly, could go over here and, and have a fantastic match with Adam Cole. Um, if I did have to pick one, though, have to pick one, I'm going to give it to Keith Lee, honestly. How, how big are those odds, Steven? Uh, Keith Lee, I, I'm going to go maybe probably like 60%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to go 60% Keith Lee, which leaves uh, 20% Balor, uh, 20% Ciampa. Um, I would love to see Ciampa win, just because I'm a huge, huge Ciampa fan. But Keith Lee has had a rocket strapped to his back uh, ever, yes. ever since uh, Survivor Series. And uh, I, I really just don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Uh, now, whether that means Keith Lee wins the title or not, that's kind of up in the air. Um, I, I definitely think he could, for sure. Um, I mean, he has a clean pin on Adam Cole, man. Just saying. Yes. But... Uh yeah, I, I'm gonna go have to gonna have to give a sixty percent Keith Lee. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go actually about eighty percent Keith Lee. Damn, I'm gonna give eighty percent Keith Lee, fifteen percent Finn Balor, and I would say five percent Champa. Damn, and only five percent on Champa because I think they're saving that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I see quite clearly Keith Lee getting the pin over Finn Balor. Um, to, to kind of go into this um next iteration of things right mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean uh, you could put the title on keith lee even for a short period of time and then adam cole beat him again to take the title back that'd be kind of hot potatoing the belt a little bit um but you could do that to give keith lee some kind of extra recognition before sending him up to the main roster i think yeah yeah no for sure i don't know um next here uh, on December 18th, once again on NXT, we will have Rhea Ripley taking on Shayna Baszler for the title. Now, Stephen, what are the odds uh, that Rhea Ripley will finally defeat Shayna Baszler? We'll have a new women's champion. Oh, Stephen's thinking. He, he's, 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 he's thinking. 75% wow. that Rhea takes the title off of Shayna. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, Shayna's had a great run. Obviously, uh, I've kind of warmed up to Shayna a little bit more uh, recently. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan. I, I do still think that her matches are um, maybe a little cookie cutter. Uh, huh. Not not trying to say anything like terribly bad. It's just they kind of go the same route, mm-hmm. you know, th- throughout of it. It always ends with a submission, um, whatever. But uh, I do think that uh, Rhea Ripley does have what it takes to take the title off of her finally, especially because Rhea Ripley has been getting a lot of notoriety on uh, online. She's yeah. a big star. She, she's a very she's a big, big, star. big star on that NXT show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'll agree with you here. 75% on Rhea Ripley taking the title here. I mean, you can always hold it off again, uh, but I think that it's so many times before they didn't strike... Maybe because they felt the iron wasn't hot enough. 
I mean, the, uh, the, the iron was hot with the EO match. And, with and EO, EO should have taken it off of her. And I think to a certain extent with Candice as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But I think that this is far more hot than either of those occasions. And I think Rhea right now is the best person to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, ju- I mean, capitalize on, on this... Uh, on this crazy amount of star power that Rhea's been exuding mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, put that title on her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one final thing here. We're going to go over the AEW side of things here. Jungle Boy uh, will be taking on Chris Jericho. Um, now, this match has gotten a lot of uh, heat online. A lot of people saying, well, Jungle Boy doesn't have any wins. How is he supposed to be facing Chris Jericho if the wins and losses mean anything? Well... Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, yes, he he does not have any wins in AEW, but Chris Jericho is the one who challenged him, right? That's that's the deal here. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Jericho is uh, in story obligated to have one more match, uh, not for the title necessarily, but one more match in 2019. I could see them having a match. Um, and and perhaps perhaps even Jungle Boy beating him. I don't know. Uh, it'd be a little bit odd, or they'll probably end it in some kind of schmoz, yeah. Where you know the inner circle will interfere, and then the Jurassic Express has to jump in, and then uh, the elite, and then all this other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, this this yeah. is one of those things where <laughs> I I definitely see both sides to it. You know, a lot of people are complaining that yeah, Jungle Boy doesn't have any wins. Why is he getting a title shot? Yeah. And I, I can definitely see your point. I can definitely see your point. But in story, it makes sense. Yes. Because in story, Jericho is required to have one more match in 2019. And what's more Jericho? Let me say this. What's more All Elite Wrestling Jericho yeah. than picking the, take, the, guy, the guy with the most losses? Yeah, you t- know? taking the path uh, uh, that was easiest. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that that's very, very in character for Jericho right now. Mm. So... I, I understand the complaints for it, mm. definitely, but they did explain it with story. So I'm not going to be that upset about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming your question is, yes. what are the odds that Jungle Boy wins the title? No, what are the odds that just Jungle Boy defeats Jericho? Because I don't think this match is for the title. Is it not? I don't think it's for the title. I think he's just like, I'm facing you, Jungle Boy, and then made fun of him and jungle I boy see. says he's gonna kick jericho's ass i see okay uh, so if it's not for the if it is for the title zero percent there's yeah. no way jungle boy's getting it if it's not for the title probably 50 50 honestly yeah because they've been saying that at the start or start or maybe end of january or whatever that all of the wins and losses are going to reset right yeah and so what better way to start a huge jungle boy push than to get it get a pin on the AEW world champion. So if they do want to do this and, and have him end the year with one in six, I believe is what he's at. If he were to be zero Jericho. and eight, zero and eight fucking a. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if they want to end his run with, with one and eight and have that one be on the champion and then give him a big push in 2020, that's a great way to do it. Um, or if they just want, Jericho to look like an asshole like he normally yeah. does, then they'll have him win. It, I, I could see either way. It would be very interesting. I think you're you hit the nail on the head about 50-50 perhaps. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head here. It would be interesting storytelling mm-hmm. if, let's say, Jungle Boy he gets no wins all this year, defeats Jericho, and then goes undefeated in all of 2020. Yeah, yeah. And faces Jericho for the title this time next year. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that'd be interesting. Um, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I don't see Jericho holding it for another year. Mm. Personally. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, We'll have to wait and see. Yep. You're probably right. Uh, but with that being said, it's time here. I hope you've got your debate gloves on, Stephen. We got a... There you go. <laughs> it's time here, ladies and gentlemen, once again... Uh, for Fantasy Warfare 2019, this week we are covering the B block, you guys. Um, you can find uh, our bracket on our Twitter page at Headlock Talk, so definitely don't hesitate to join us there. But uh, as we brought up earlier in the episode, we've got some great matches this week, and we're kicking it off with none other than The Fiend versus Kofi Kingston. Now, yes, yes. B- both have been champions in WWE this year. Mm-hmm. Both have had a meteoric rise at different points in the year. This is a very intriguing matchup here, Steven. Wh- mm-hmm. What do you make of this? I mean, yeah, this one's interesting to me just because, you know, obviously Bray Wyatt's been just freaking dominant, or I should say The Fiend. The Fiend. Ha- has been crazy, crazy dominant, uh, you know, going throughout pretty much all year. Um, he finally picked up the Universal title, which uh, is great, I guess. Um, I don't know. Should have waited a little bit longer, in my opinion, but it is what it is. Um, they also gave him that new belt, which is just horrendous. <laughs> just, just awful. That belt is terrible. Uh, but on the other side, you also have Kofi Kingston, who's had a very, very good run um, after winning the... Um, the Elimination Chamber match uh, finally got the title off of... No, he he didn't win the Elimination Chamber match. Did he not? No, he did not. Uh, he was very much highlighted and accentuated. Uh, right, right. Okay. Uh, but Daniel Bryan won the Elimination Chamber match. Okay, got my wires crossed. Sorry. No, it's okay. No, this is what... The, the Elimination Chamber um, was the... Um, I guess the end result here of the birth of Kofi Mania, right? Right. So you had Kofi, he went and did that huge gauntlet match leading into Elimination Chamber. Really stood out huge. He he was a huge star in the Elimination Chamber match. The the Kofi chance, you know, that all of Kofi Mania was born at Elimination Chamber. And then, and I think that's might be why where, where you've got your 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 wires crossed just slightly. O- overarching, he won. He won, quote unquote, won. He won. You know, um, he he won over the fans. He won. He beat uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, got the title, um, and and he's current tag team champion with uh, Big E. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's had a great year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the one thing, um, and this really can't go against Kofi himself, but uh, the one thing that um, uh, fans will always kind of look back on this year is how disappointing the ending of his reign was with right. the seven-second loss to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. That was super Very rough. rough. Lots of memes. Undeserving. <laughs> Very undeserving. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, uh, Bray Wyatt has been very... Uh man, it, it, I'm trying to find the right word, but he's he's been bigger and more influential this year than at any other point in his career, um, which says a lot because he's done a lot in his career. But um, he made a brand new character that's really kind of changed WWE uh, perceptions. He's got this bipolar kind of thing where like. You know he's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. He's kind of uh, he's kind of 
Mr. Rogers on some occasions and, and the fiend on other occasions, kind of cult leader ish. Um, Definitely dominated both Finn Balor, sent him packing back to NXT, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and and uh, Seth Rollins, who uh, you know he he, well we can talk about we don't have to go into the whole fiasco about the the Hell in the Cell uh, match. I'd rather not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he did ultimately beat Seth Rollins for the uh, the Universal Title. So I mean, Stephen. I, I guess I, both men, I mean, have a lot of merit to go into the next round. I mean, who do you think will will, will make it through? Yeah, I mean, so I, I would like to see this match. Definitely. I, I definitely would like to see it. Um, but if it were to take place in real life in the RL, uh, I can only <laughs> I can only RL. see it going one way. And that's uh, The Fiend going ah. over Kofi Kingston. Yeah. I, I would agree with that, and I think that's a big part of uh, kind of our, uh, I, I guess, our grading of this uh, Fantasy Warfare tournament is, you know, we can talk about the impact, and we can talk about titles, and we can talk about, you know, how much influence this wrestler had in the wrestling world this year, um, but it does also come down to, and I think a big part of this is, what would happen in a real-life matchup between these guys? Mm-hmm. And I think the way that The Fiend is being booked right now, I don't disagree with you. I think The Fiend would uh, squash Kofi, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would be some hope, uh, some 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 good hope spots. Uh, but I do think... Um, I, I do think that The Fiend would ultimately win this match. Yeah. I mean, I, I really just don't see it going any other way. Um, I... I don't know who they're going to eventually have go over on uh, on the fiend and, and finally put him away. It's almost like they're booking themselves into a corner with how dominant the fiend is, and I really just I don't see anyone currently on the roster who who could really take him down. Um, but I will say, unfortunately, that is not Kofi. Uh, I would agree with that. I I have a few ideas as to who they would ultimately put up. Uh, and put the title on after Bray Wyatt. Um, but yes, uh, for this time, as of the current trajectory and current booking, I would have to agree. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, probably by just a hair, I would say, just a hair, he would beat Kofi Kingston here. Um, but he's going to have to contend with whoever the winner of the next match is. And this one here is bonkers. We covered it a little bit here uh, earlier in the episode, but uh, this is a matchup for Wrestle Kingdom 14. Kazuchika Okada, the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion from New Japan, takes on the winner of the G1 Climax 29 tournament from New Japan, Kota Ibushi. Yes. Uh, they faced off in G1, had a spectacular match, and Kota Ibushi got the better of him. So, I mean, Steven, this is a very even matchup here. Uh, <laughs> one that I don't favor uh, The Fiend for in the next round, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the way this tournament is built is decide the best of the best. Uh, so... Um, Steven, what what are your upfront thoughts? What 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 comes to mind first when you see or hear this match um, at, for this fantasy warfare tournament, or just in general? Yeah, I mean, with with this match, the, this one, uh, of course, just by 
the forces of nature ha- has been thrust upon us, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you really can't ask for a better matchup uh, with, with Fantasy Warfare because th- this is taking place. Yes. You know, this is going to be a thing at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And so almost the, the winner of this that we decide um, is really kind of who we have in, mm. in that Wrestle Kingdom match as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of interesting there. Um, with with me uh, being the kind of wrestling fan that I am, 2019 was, you know, that, that was the first year that I really saw a lot of New Japan mm-hmm. and, and kept up with them, uh, learned a lot of new wrestlers, saw a lot of the old favorites that I had seen at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi have been the guys. You know, They've been... Great, yeah. Uh, you know, all year. Um, so this one is very, very hard for me. I I would absolutely agree. Um, Kazushiko Okada began the year, uh, you know, trying to get back on pace um, with uh, who he is, rediscovering who he is after his uh, his his previous loss to Kenny Omega. He kind of went through a, a, a kind of a reinventing kind of period to try and refine himself and. Uh, rediscover who the Rainmaker is, and he finally got back to that uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 13 when he took on Jay White in, in an unfortunate losing scenario here. Uh, Kota Ibushi, um, he began his year at Wrestle Kingdom 13 by taking on Will Ospreay in the ulti- uh, in the in the opening matchup, which that was uh, absolutely insane. Um, a great match here uh, between those two. Uh, Kazuchika Okada, he would go on uh, to ultimately uh, dethrone Jay White at the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan Madison Square Garden Super Show that they had on WrestleMania weekend. Um, uh, main eventing that, he um, he would also go on to compete in the G1. I got to see both him and Kota Ibushi live. Uh, Kota Ibushi, I mean, he's held both the uh, never open weight title and the intercontinental titles so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Ibushi's biggest rivalry, probably most notably, would have been against Naito this year, who on three different occasions they tried to kill each other, literally right. tried to kill each other in matches. Um, yeah, I mean, this one's hard to judge. Mm-hmm. Very, very hard to judge. But Kota Ibushi did ultimately win the G1. I think that means a lot. He did. He did. And, and like you said, that does mean a lot. Um, for this one, I mean, there, there's not much that we can honestly say with this one just because we we know how great these two guys are. Yes. You know? And, if, and if, it, if it was any other matchup, both of these guys would probably be advancing to the next round. Right. No, 100%. Um, and, and we could go all day. Right. Yeah. However, we don't have all the time in the world. Right. And for me... With, with the love I have for both of these guys, it's very hard to eliminate one of them. But one of these guys has my match of the year candidate, and one of them does not. And my match of the year candidate is Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. So hmm. for me, I, I have to go Okada. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, um, it's interesting that you say that, Steven. Mm. Okay. Because... I'm actually going Kota Ibushi. I, I Shocker. Th- I think Kota <laughs> I think Kota Ibushi 
beating Okada in another match of the year candidate in G1 is very important. He had another match of the year candidate against Jay White. He did. He's had a match of the year candidate, arguably, against Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, and he's the G1 winner, and I would think he would actually be likely to beat Kazuchika Okada again at WrestleMania 14. Um, I think that this is, has been a transcendental year uh, for uh, Ibushi, and I think ultimately, trying to use my crystal ball here, he's going to be the guy walking out of Wrestle Kingdom 14 with both belts. See, and what, what's beautiful about this match is I don't disagree with any of that. You know, like, uh, Ibushi is insane on top of the freaking world right now, and, and I completely get that. And I could see him going over Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I just don't think that's how it's going to go down. That, that And that's just me personally. You know, I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. I just, man, Okada, he's on another level. He's He is on another level. And, um, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do this. I mean, like I said, this match could go either way. It's 50, It's down to the level 50-50. There's only one way that, that we can decide these 50-50 matchups. So we're going back to the coin, ladies and gentlemen. The coin of doom. The coin to decide who will be advancing to the next round. So we're going to flip a coin here. And uh, we'll see who will advance to the next round of the tournament. So, Steven, you do the honors. Who's got heads? So, Abushi is heads. Because okay. he's almost broken his neck like 17 times this year. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. And then uh, I guess Okada would be tails. Indeed. So um, we'll go ahead and give it a flip. It's flipping. Dun, dun. It's flipping. Dun, dun. It is tails. Oh, shit. So uh, I guess that would be Kazuchika Okada will be advancing on to the next round. Uh,. Our commiserations here, Kota Ibushi. Um, like I said, I, I I worked my hardest here for you, uh, <laughs> but it was just a little bit short. And commiserations to Kofi Kingston as well for you know also having a a very tough matchup against the Fiend. Now let me just say, I'm sorry, Tanner. I mean, it's whatever, man. Because I, I know <laughs> I, I know Ibushi was your pick. Yeah, he was my pick to go all the way to the finals. I know. I know. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, when we looked at this tournament here, I mean, breaking the fourth wall, Steven and I are obviously going to sit around and talk about it and be like, well, what if this happened? Well, what if this happened? But what if that happens? We're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my projections had Kota Ibushi going to the finals, mm-hmm. Leon, but uh, that just goes to show you um, this tournament is not necessarily in our hands, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's into the fate of the wrestling gods. <laughs> so, um, you know, with that said, we've got a dream match here next, Steven. Yes, yes we we, do. we put this man over huge earlier in the episode. He really doesn't need any introduction. He is Bandito. He is. Yes. Uh, Bandito uh, will be taking on Adam Cole, baby. I'm waiting for it. Waiting for it. Waiting. Boom. There you go. <laughs> uh, current NXT champion. One of the longer reigns that I can remember in recent mm-hmm. history. Um, not necessarily as long as Ciampa's yet, but he's getting there. He's definitely getting there. Yeah, for sure. He'll probably be, when it comes down to it, he'll probably be one of the longest reigning NXT champions in history. Um, Is at- Ciampa still number one? 
I don't know. I'll have to go back and check and see who's the longest reigning NXT okay. champion. Just curious. Um, but yes, um, both men have um, quite the resume here. Quite the resume. Yeah. <laughs> Bandito, he's most notable for winning the Battle of Los Angeles this year, which was an insane tournament. Can't wait to get my hands on the actual footage and, and see that. But from all accounts and reports that I've read here, it was an amazing three nights of wrestling. Um, Bandito's put on some of the best matches all year against the likes of uh, Will Ospreay, who we, we mentioned those matchups earlier. Um, Bandito also, uh, I mean, he had he was a part of that, uh, a big part of that insane six-man tag match in PWG that we watched a couple weeks ago. I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, uh, PWG 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're going to spend the you know, 14, 15 bucks to download it or to buy the DVD, uh, it might be worth it just for that match alone. <laughs> so Another match of the year candidate, honestly. Uh, a huge match of the year candidate, really. Um yeah, and and his contract's running out. He's uh, he's kind of got himself in a very very good position right now. Um, so he'll be a very hot free agent here in just a few short weeks. But how does he stack up against Adam Cole, Stephen? Yeah, I mean Adam Cole. He like like you had said, he's he's having a crazy crazy long title run with the NXT Championship, uh, having fantastic matches, really really great series of matches with Johnny Gargano. Um, just which. I mean, take your pick of any of those matches. Those are match of the year candidates right there. Um, he he had a really really good spot at War Games. I mean, he's just the guy in NXT right now. And with with NXT uh, going head to head with with Dynamite, both of those shows, NXT in particular, has been propped up to a new level. And for Adam Cole to be able to be so dominant in the pre USA NXT. And the post USA NXT, and still be getting the the amount of recognition that he's getting, and still putting on the really crazy caliber matches that he's putting on. It, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, he's the he's the flag bearer in a big part for what NXT is. Um, he is, you know, he was probably one of the hottest things going on WWE programming. Even on the main roster, I mean, he had a, a very, very good match with Pete Dunne, um, though it was a little bit on the short side at Survivor Series. Um, but, um, you know, he had that great match with Daniel Bryan. He was part of also an amazing six-man tag team match earlier this year at the Halftime Heat show. Um, I always forget about that show, but you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, that was just one, you know, 20, 30-minute long matchup that was just like, whoa, this is, this is nuts. Um, I might I might have to go back and watch that one later on tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, as great as Bandito is, he's going to have to overcome all of the notoriety and determination of Adam Cole. So if this match took up uh, took place in real life, Stephen, what do you see happening here, man? Because I mean, I've got a lot of different ways that this can go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, there, there's there's only one way this can go. You know, uh, Bandito, he's he's had a fantastic, fantastic year. He's an insanely talented wrestler um, and and definitely a a very rising star. Right. Adam Cole, however, is a freaking star. Yeah. And uh, and his his accomplishments. I mean, we could be here all day. Yeah. You know, um, so for me, it, it's got to be Adam Cole going forward, honestly. And I'm sorry, Bandito. You know, you're you're yeah. one of my favorites and, and definitely one of my um, if, if I want to 
keep categorizing here. Um, definitely one of my new favorites uh, yeah. that I've that I've grown accustomed to um, over the course of this year. So obviously, Bandito, fantastic, but I gotta go Adam Cole. I would agree with that. I think in, if this match played out in real life, I think that Bandito would have a huge hot start. He would just lucha, you know, the <laughs> lucha uh, Adam Cole all over the place. Um, he would surprise Cole with his speed, and then he would start surprising him with his strength. Mm. Um, but one of Adam Cole's advantages here is that he does have the Undisputed Era, and I don't think that there's any doubt that in any of these matches that we see here, that Adam Cole would use the Undisputed Era to his advantage. Um, but even then, even if he didn't have to use the Undisputed Era, I think that Adam Cole is smart enough. I think that's his biggest weapon, is that he's very, very smart. Um, and he's very calculated. And he would use that to ultimately find himself in a position where he gets out of the 21-plex by Bandito, you know, maybe chop blocks him, you know, puts him in the, you know, the, the Panama Sunrise, and then finishes him off with the last shot. And mm-hmm. that's about all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, so you and I agree on this one here. Adam Cole will be advancing, baby, baby, to the next round, um, which only leaves one more match. Yes, yes, and this one's a big one. This one's this one is a giant matchup. Yeah, brings us to our main event of the evening. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we have Seth Rollins, you know, Mister Mister Burn It Down. Yes. You know, uh, Beast Slayer, Beast Slayer, mm-hmm. uh, King Slayer, mm-hmm. um, two time this year, two time count them, Universal Champion, and very much the poster boy of WWE right now, right? Um, he will be taking on the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. He is the 104 minute man. Mr. American Rana, mm-hmm. uh, the Jewish Canon, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling. Uh, he is indeed very good at Twitter. <laughs> and more importantly, he's independent. Yes. He is, of course, David Starr. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that last thing you said uh, is really what, what puts this match over heavily, is that yes. David Starr is Mr. Independent. You know? Yes. Whereas Seth Rollins, for all intents and purposes is Mr. WWE yes. right now. This is such an, a unique dichotomy of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, two men from two completely different worlds who have gotten extreme notoriety this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth is very... I've been thinking all week about this. I've, I've, like, I've really had to put in a lot of thought in, into the outcome of this match or how I see the outcome of this match going. Seth is very dynamic. He's CrossFit Jesus. Um, he, he's, he would use speed and strength to a degree, uh, to his advantage. I I don't think there's any doubt that he would be, um, he's probably, he probably is bigger than, than David Starr. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say he's probably stronger and probably faster than David Starr. But David Starr is probably the overall better traditional wrestler. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he was almost an all-American collegiate wrestler. Um, he's been everywhere, right? 
Um, and as, as Seth Rollins is, is so important to WWE, uh, you can look at all the places that David Starr has been to this year, and he's been just as important as Seth Rollins has been to WWE. Um, for those who remember Defiant Wrestling, Defiant Wrestling closed its doors this year. They are formerly What Culture Wrestling, right? Uh, David Starr was actually their last champion before they closed the, the doors on uh, the promotion. Uh, David Starr has also been to PWG, uh, to... Um, what, what, what Progress. Progress. Definitely progress. Uh, Rev Pro. Uh, OTT. David Starr had an amazing series of feuds with Walter in OTT, with Jordan Devlin in OTT, uh, topping that off with a, a, a huge match of the year candidate against David Starr at the fifth anniversary show. Another match well worth your money spent, even just to see it, you know... Um, even if it's just the once, you, mm-hmm. you just sign up for OTT for a month. It's definitely worth checking that out. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond wrestling, I mean, we can go on and on and on. Right. So, yeah, man, this is this is a, a crazy matchup. Yeah, I mean, you have you have one guy that's done everything there is to possibly do in WWE. And then you have one guy that's done everything there is to possibly do outside of WWE. Yeah. And, and so, like you said, you have this this crazy dichotomy of mainstream versus indie. Right. You know? And who, at the end of the day, would go over? Right. Accomplishments-wise, Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and he's won the Universal title twice, both times defeating Brock Lesnar. And I think that's important to note. Now, Brock Lesnar is probably not a guy who would ever make it to Fantasy Warfare, um, w- w- with all due respect. We'll close the doors on Headlong Talk <laughs> before we let that happen. <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do with, um, for better or worse, the infrequency of Brock Lesnar's matches. Um, but um, regardless of that, they build Brock Lesnar as this undefeatable monster. And Seth Rollins did it not once but twice. Um, the flip side of this here is David Starr, uh, went to the finals, uh, again, uh, of, of PWG, uh, Battle of Los Angeles 2019, faced off against Bandito, uh, and Jonathan Gresham in the finals. Uh, he also went all the way and won the, uh, Progress Super Strong Style 16 tournament, went on to face Valter, um, in an effort where... Um, neither man actually won the progress title, um, which I thought was a bit of a, of a, of a rip off. I think that progress lost the script there a little bit to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean that, and on top of him winning the defiant title, I mean, he's got just as much title wins as this year as Seth Rollins does. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, accomplishments there, influence, I mean, they're very, 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 very even. So, Steve, I mean, for for influence for me, it's it's David Starr. Like for really sure. Ca- calling, you know, the the unionized movement that that's big. That that's a very big movement. It's been getting a lot of traction, and David Starr's been, you know, the the poster boy, uh, for, a, a, for le- a leading vocal proponent. Right, right. And then, of course, Seth Rollins. He here's the thing with Seth Rollins, though. Right. Yeah. The only reason. He's had a lot of influence is because he's the top guy in WWE. The machine got behind him. 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and WWE is the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a top guy in WWE, you're getting a lot of notoriety just mm-hmm. right off the bat. Whether And I'm not saying Seth Rollins isn't, mm-hmm. but whether you're having a great title run or not, whether you're having great matches or not, mm. you're going to get that notoriety just based on where you are. Well, and Seth Rollins has had great matches. No, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm not saying he hasn't. Right. And Seth Rollins... I'm not saying that you're not. But right. Yeah. And, and obviously Seth Rollins is a fantastically talented wrestler. Like, that's that's without a doubt. It's just, you know... I don't think he's had nearly as big of an impact in the the company itself or or in the wrestling world itself. Yeah. So, um, I guess when it boils down to it, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. I don't know. Um, here's how I see this going. Uh, David Starr, you know, uh, talks everybody into the building. He's definitely the better talker between the two. Let's. There's no bones about that. Burn it down. <laughs> burn, burn it down. <laughs> um, uh, yes, David Starr would help bring people into the building on promo work alone, and he would build it as the us versus them, uh, same kind of deal that he's been doing successfully everywhere. And he's got all this charisma, and he'd be able to get a lot of people on his side and Seth Rollins just has to be like, hey, look, I'm defending WWE. I'm defending my hometown. This is what I do. You know, burn it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the match itself would be very, very interesting. Because, like I said, Seth Rollins has speed and strength, and he, I think he would use that, that, that dynamic, very straightforward kind of approach to kind of go around David Starr. Whereas I think Star would be good to try and uh, either submit him or, or use holds um, to, to wrestle Seth. Slow right. the match down a little bit. Slow it down. Mm-hmm. I think that there's bar none. David Starr is the better wrestler here in this matchup. This would be an actually a great matchup because these guys are so different. And their, their styles would complement each other very, very well. Um, but I think that at some point... Seth would probably try to set up for the the stomp, and I think that David would probably be, you know, quite propped up for it, and then he would sling back and hit him with a st- with a hand stance and lariat, um, and close this thing out. I I think that you know it would come down to Seth being caught by his own momentum. And David Starr would take the the win because that's typically how these David Starr wins go. David Starr would ultimately hit either the Stan Hansen or submit Seth Rollins because he's got a lot more tools, I think, than Seth would to close out a match. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, um, with, with these two guys and just the the crazy amount of talk that's been around them all year. Uh, I, I kind of want to, I just want to push all that aside and I want to come down to who's the better wrestler and who's had the better matches this year, you know? And for me, that's, it's David Starr. Like the, there's, wow. n- there is wow. no, no doubt about it. So, so you know, I, I would say Seth Rollins has had notable matches, mm. right? Very notable matches. He, he beat Brock twice, uh, had a, a very notable match with Bray Wyatt and Hell in a Cell, for better or worse. Um, but 
that Hell in a Cell match had a terrible ending. <laughs> also, the two matches he had with Brock Lesnar are n- terrible matches. <laughs> Whereas you look at David Starr, who has two separate match of the year candidates, both with uh, Jordan Devlin. So, I mean, for, I, I don't want to just bury Seth because I, I like Seth a lot and I think he's very talented, but this is no contest to me. Wow. Wow. So we're we're unanimous here. David Starr is going to defeat Seth Rollins here. Yep. That's crazy. Well, guys, you know what? I, I, I really didn't expect that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I guess we're unanimous here. Um, which I guess takes us to our next round of, uh, of matchups for next week. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you thought we got this wrong, if any of these matchups, if you thought that we got this wrong, we'd, we'd love to hear your arguments for it here. Um, at headlock talk on Twitter, please hit us up on Twitter again at headlock talk. Yeah. Uh, If you want to bury me for eliminating Kota Ibushi, let me know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have enough of that going in the car ride back home with you. So, um, uh, I guess our our next week's matchups here, Steven, you ready for this? Yes. Uh, next week, we have John Moxley versus AJ Styles. Oh, snap. Yeah, big match there. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Oh, Ouch. The Fiend versus Kazuchika Okada. And finally, finally, David Starr versus Adam Cole. Oh, that'd be a killer match. Yeah, it would be a killer match. killer match. match. Uh, So um, I'm excited. You're excited, Steven, which means only there's one thing left to do. Got to put on my flippy floppies and my snorkel, and we got to take a deep dive down in to If Wishes Were Fishes. I'm underwater. It's underwater. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or indeed the last time you listen to Headlock Talk, um, uh, what we do here on If Wishes Were Fishes is we each take turns making wrestling-related wishes, and indeed the other one grades them in terms of fishes. Yes. Quite silly. But, but it's quite a lot of fun. Quite fun, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Stephen, I saw you writing down a couple little things over there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look pretty primed and ready to go. You, oh, yeah, you I got can some do it. wishes for this week? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, earlier in the episode, we were talking about um, some releases and some signings that were going on. And uh, two guys uh, stood out to me with that. And one of them is Sin Cara uh, being released from WWE. Um, who knows where he's going to go, right? Really, really don't know. Uh, but you also have Bandito, um, you know, having his, his contract expire with Ring of Honor and uh, being a very hot free agent. Uh, he could, I mean, Bandito can go wherever the hell he wants and, and he'll be a star there, no, no matter what. Um, but if Wishes Were Fishes, Sin Cara and Bandito get signed to AEW, get put into a tag team match with Lucha Bros at All Out. Wow, that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty fiery matchup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lucha Bros versus Bandito and Sin Cara. See, Sin Cara is an interesting figure because I think he's very very talented. He he knows his moves 
quite well. Mm-hmm. But so is Bandito. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ban- Bandito is quite good as well. Um, Bandito's uh, goals here, I think, are, you know, they, I mean, American wise, I think it points a lot to PWG, right? Um, but, you know, uh, as we've seen with Jeff Cobb, you know, you, you can kind of go wherever he wants and is really, really good at what he, <laughs> at wrestling his style with just about anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, you throw in the Lucha Bros there, that would be a very, very, very good match. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a few different fish that I could, th- I could throw out there. Yeah. Um, let me see here. It, well, just real quick. One of, one of the things that, uh, I think is, is cool about this, if it were to happen is, uh, AEW would have a, a Lucha, like so heavily Lucha style match that we like akin to what we saw at the PWG uh, 16 show with the six man tag of just crazy Lucha moves all over the place. Right. And really the only people that can stand with Lucha bros in that type of style would be the young bucks. But I mean, young bucks are great, obviously, but they're not like luchadors or, or whatever. Right. You know, they're just very, you can't fluid. market. Yeah. You can't market a Lucha bros and young bucks match as a luchador match where you, whereas you could with this. So true. Um, I'm gonna give you actually f- uh, six red parrotfish, Ooh. and if you look at the red parrotfish, actually, it's actually got hints of green to it. So it does kind of remind me of the Mexican flag. Um, you know, so um, with this here being a super lucha match, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see any better fish than that. Uh, well, thank the you, red parrotfish. Yes, no, that'd be a wonderful matchup, Stephen. What do you got for me for your wish? Um, well, if wishes were fishes. Um, some interesting news that I didn't touch on this week here. Um, Walter, he actually, the, uh, the WWE UK championship actually got stolen along with some of his gear mm-hmm. while he was in Chicago. I did read uh, about that. Very unfortunate for Walter. Very sorry to hear about this here. Um, but I would say, uh, if wishes were fishes, uh, WWE UK would, um, I, I guess they would use this as an opportunity, right, um, to say, look, well, Walter, I mean, you don't have a title anymore, you know, yeah, we feel sorry for you, but we got to spend all this money to go and get a new title and everything. I mean, you got to you gotta pay us back in some way, right? We're, we're not going to strip you of the title, but um, we will redesign a title, uh, but you have to win this tournament that we're going to have. So we have a new NXT UK tournament. They'll get some eyes on NXT UK as well. Make it a pretty big deal. You can throw in whoever you want into that tournament. Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Jordan Devlin, the whole cast and crew of uh, guys over in NXT UK. And uh, yeah, I mean, you you make uh, the winner of the tournament face off against Walter. Uh, and then they do this unveiling of this really dope-looking new NXT UK belt, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think a nice tournament could put some eyes out there, especially if uh, you know the matches are going to be as high quality as I think they would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that would definitely be really cool. Of course, all of us uh, here at Headlock Talk, or I guess I should say both of us. Uh, yes, at Headlock Talk, we've uh, we've it's talked me, you, and my dog. Yeah. you know, here in <laughs> yeah. this room. Uh, we've talked a lot about how tournaments are just re- really just a great way to to get exposure on some guys that maybe normally would not. 
Uh, and another reason I really like that wish is because the UK title, um, it, it's a fine title. It, it looks fine. Uh, my problem with it, though, is it follows the same um, template as the Universal title, the WWE Championship, the uh, the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. They, they all have the same template. And, and well, the the UK title is a little bit different. Right? Well, I just mean the like the let, let me say the the plate shape of of like the the head plate, the side plates, and the side. You know what I mean? I I, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. You don't get what I mean. Um, well, you know how each each side of the belt has two side plates, and then you've got like the 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 main focus big title. Like, come on. You, you don't know what I mean? Like, that looks... Oh, yeah. You see what I mean? Like, it, it has the same see. shape, the the same template. Uh, it, obviously, yes. it has different plates with, with the lions on it and everything like that with the embroidery on along the top. But the, the front plate, those little slivers on the side, and then the mm-hmm. side plates, they, mm-hmm. it follows the same template. And so, I, I mm. want all the belts to look different. Like, excuse me. I, I just mm-hmm. want all of them to look different. So, that's another reason I like that wish. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because of that... Ain't gonna look a gift fish in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give you five yellow tangs. Ooh. In honor of uh, the yellow from NXT. I guess it's gold, but whatever. Tangy. Tangy. All right. Cool, man. <laughs> um, for my next wish here, uh, this one is like pie in the sky. Really just... I mean, it might happen, but probably not how I would want it to that's, happen. That's what these wishes are for, man. Anyways. So, if wishes were fishes, uh, AEW and New Japan have a co-branded pay-per-view titled New Elite Showdown. Um, And I actually have five matches that I would like to see on that card as well. Oh, shit. All right. So, uh, in in no particular order. Well, there is, uh, I'll I'll tell you the main event, but in no other particular order. uh, Cody versus Ibushi. uh, Jay White versus Jericho. uh, Will Ospreay versus Pac. Moxley versus Juice Robinson, and your main event, Omega versus Okada. If wishes were fishes, yeah, man, no, that's a that's a big show. That that would be a very big show. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. could even call it the big show. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, I mean that really would be spectacular to see, and I I really would want to see. Omega Okada at least one more time, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. one more time. Uh, I also really like the name, not to toot my own horn, but New Elite Showdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, very, very good. Um, let me see here. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go with a with a um, trusted good fish here. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna actually go with uh, another five. Barracudas, mm. uh, because ooh, Barracuda, Barracuda. Yeah. yes. Um, th- this would that would be quite a good show, even if it was just those five matches. It would be quite a good show. I, w- I would like to maybe add some tag matches into there too. Maybe mm. maybe like, oh, I don't know, maybe like Show and Yo versus the Lucha Bros, mm. um, Tomatonga and uh, Tangaloa versus the Young Bucks, perhaps as well, would be good. Very spicy, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I-, I think that would be a great idea. For well, sure. thank you. Yeah, great wish. Mm. Um, finally, if wishes were fishes, um, like we have a need for any more reality shows, right. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I would like to have maybe 
Um, for WWE Network, they've been doing a good job having these like mini documentary kind of things, right? Um, which I think is cool. Um, but um, I, I would like for maybe uh, when WWE's NXT brand goes on the road next year, I would like there to be maybe a weekly documentary that you could see on WWE Network where the guys and gals of NXT are touring from place to place to place, and you get to kind of see a day in the life of of them performing, wrestling, putting up the ring, tearing down the ring, going home, going on the road, you know, visiting with their families. You know, if they come through Austin, maybe have them stop at, like, Round Rock Donuts. That'd be cool, because I can just... Hop over and visit them real quick. Headlock Talk headquarters. Yeah, right. Headlock Talk headquarters. <laughs> you know, me, you, Champa Gargano hanging out. Yeah, no big deal. No, no, yeah, just normal stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that would be uh, that would be quite nice. Uh, is, is to have maybe a day in the life and to kind of get to know uh, you know some of these uh, people even even better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be really cool. At the end of the day, you know, we, we talk a lot of trash on WWE, right, and, yeah. and everything like that. But at the end of the day, they have one of the highest uh, production values uh, of any company. And the documentary uh, type, of, type of stuff that they've been doing is, I mean, bar none, just fantastic work, you know. Um, so I definitely would like to see that. I like all the guys on NXT. And uh, getting, to, getting to know them outside of their character, uh, I think, would be very cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and give you a, uh, a headlock talk staple here and uh, give you four elegant fire gobies. Ah, very nice. Yes, those yes. are those are a classic headlock talk fish. Yes. Um, so thank you very much, Stephen. I do appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for, for the fish you gave me. Yeah, man. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners for sitting here with us uh, for another long episode of uh, Headlock Talk. We promise we're going to get back to our shorter format here. As I said, with Fantasy Warfare and everything, it's to be expected. Steve and I have a lot to talk about trying to determine the best wrestler I- in all of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, stick around for uh, more matchups next week. I promise We'll try and keep it shorter. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll review that uh, uh, TLC as well as do those next four matches. Uh, a big thank you once again to Black underscore Baymax8 on Twitter. Uh, fantastic, fantastic work on this week's cover art for this week's episode. So, um, you know, if you need any graphic arts uh, work done, please hit them up on Twitter uh, so that way he can he can put something great together for you, okay? Um, so big shout-out there to Black underscore Baymax 8. Um, and uh, thank you once again to uh, all of our fans and supporters for uh, tuning into this episode. If you want to uh, help Headlock Talk in any way, shape, or form, please don't hesitate to hit that uh, subscribe button and leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you're a listener and uh, you like the sound of Stephen and I's sensual voices, mm. It, mm. indeed, mm. Uh, you can always uh, hit us up for business inquiries. Uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com against headlocktalk at gmail.com. I'd love to model some underwear and sleep on a couple of your beds and, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, not pointing out anybody in particular. Yeah, maybe read uh, one of a uh, book or two for your audio website. I don't know. You know, but yeah, if, if you like us, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Um, other than that, Stephen, can you think of anything else on today's episode? 
honestly, man, I think we we covered everything in this uh, jam jam packed episode. Yes, mm-hmm. strawberry jammed in particular mm. <laughs> for a nice grape jam. M- maybe maybe a grape or a blackberry. Mm. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Toast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys again for for listening. As always, we greatly love and appreciate each and every single one of you. Uh, like I said, you know, rate and uh, support Headlock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but until then. Uh, Good night. We love you all and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye-bye. Later. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. At Zenny, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone.